from John chapter 1, verses 29 to 42. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Christ. I invite you to be seated. We don't always talk much about feeling called, right? Especially outside of the church. How many of you in your everyday life have used the phrase, I am feeling called to... Greg, you don't count me the seminary. <laughs> you asked. I know, I always ask, and Greg always raises his hand, you know, when I'm Dorothy, and it's pretty perfect. Thank you. There's only a few of us, right? It's not a super common thing for us to talk about, especially outside of our church lives, right? We tend to use that phrase when we're feeling called to a particular ministry or something we're passionate about, but... The real reason we talk about being called is because it's not just supposed to be about what we do in church. It's supposed to be our whole lives. And for the church in Corinth, in these nine verses that we read today, the Apostle Paul uses the word call over and over and over again. In introducing himself as the Paul who is called to be an apostle, called to be a witness to Jesus, to the way he describes the church, that those who worship at Corinth are called to be saints together, sanctified by God, dedicated by God to God's service. He says that they're to call upon the name of Jesus in their work, in their lives, and called into fellowship with one another. Called, 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 called. What if we use that language a little bit more for ourselves? What if we talk more about how we are called, about who we are called to, about where those callings might take us? And this isn't supposed to be some abstract thing. It's supposed to be God's will at work in our lives. 
the lives of regular people. And it's not just supposed to be in our professions or in our churches, but in everything we do, in our relationships, in our service, in our praise and worship here on Sundays, but also every single day of the week. We tend to think of being called by God as something more like what we read in Isaiah. God speaking to us, knowing us before we were born, and calling us to a particular mission, a particular service. And it might feel grand the way we read it in Isaiah. And for some people, maybe that feeling of being called is a grand feeling. But in Isaiah, God's calling is to be God's servant in the world. To serve God in the world. And that's not so grand. That's something I think that all of us are called to in some way, shape, or form. Because we are all called by God. And part of why we come here, why we join together in worship and praise, is so that we can understand where God is calling us to. So that we can find our way with Jesus. Kind of like John's two disciples in our gospel reading today, they are waiting and listening and ready to know what's next. Where they're supposed to go, what they're supposed to be called to. They've been listening to John preach about the one who is to come and they're, okay, we're ready, where is he? And so before they're ever called by anyone, they hear John just point and say, oh yeah, that's the guy I've been talking about. That's the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. And so these two disciples just start following Jesus. And I picture this as they're standing around with John. Jesus walks by, and then there's these two guys who are just like, hello, we're right behind you. Come on, how's it going? Right? It's a little awkward. It's a little weird. It's not what we expect. It's a little intense, their trust, their excitement. But sometimes we need that sort of intensity, don't we? And sometimes we need somebody else to be that intense to get us moving. Because Jesus turns around and he sees these two guys behind him. He's like, what are you looking for? And their response to Jesus is, Rabbi, teacher, where are you staying? Which might be the weirdest response to that question that I can think of. But apparently it's the right one. Because Jesus simply says to them, come and see. Jesus calls them to follow him. And in those few words, they are called by God into a new relationship. Throughout John's gospel, being called by God, being called by Jesus, is about being in relationship with Jesus. It's about this abiding love that exists between Jesus and God and Jesus and his disciples. And in our translation today, we find this relationship in the words remain and stay. In the Greek, it's all the same word, a word that means abide. It's probably the Gospel writer John's favorite word. He uses it throughout his Gospel. The word abide, to be with, to dwell with, to remain with, a long-lasting, never-fading abiding. The disciples aren't just asking Jesus where he's staying, but the reason why that is the right response to Jesus' question, what are you looking for, is because they are asking Jesus, where are you going to be? Where do we follow you to? How do we be with you? When Jesus calls them, when he says to them, come and see, our reading says that they remain with him that day. 
They abide with him that day. And then the next day they go and they share the news. Andrew shares with his brother that they have found the Messiah and that they are abiding in relationship with him. And lo and behold, Andrew's brother is Simon Peter, who we might know quite well from a lot of our readings. This calling will be so much more for them eventually as disciples, but in our reading today, it's simply a calling into relationship with the one who has come to take the sin away from the world, and a calling to be in relationship with one another and their Messiah. Between all of today's readings, we can kind of describe God's calling to us in just three ways. God calls us into service, like the servant being called in Isaiah. God calls us together as the church into praise and worship, like the calling to Paul and the church in Corinth. And God calls us into relationship, like Jesus calling the disciples. We are called. And even when we do recognize or use the language of calling in our lives, that doesn't mean that being able to say we are called makes the actual calling all that easy. I think my favorite line from our readings today is in Isaiah, when Isaiah says, But I said, I have labored in vain, I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. And I think if you've done much in ministry, in service, in churches, or in community work, there has been at least one moment where you have found yourself saying, This is all in vain, I have no strength left, why am I doing this? There has been at least one moment where you have felt overwhelmed, where it has been too much, or you feel like you do not have the ability to do what you are being asked, where you feel weighted down by negativity or just the sheer lack of energy around something, it happens. And in moments like that, one of my favorite that I learned from, but still stands out in my mind as one of those anxiety moments that I go back and think about, is when I was at my home congregation, I was kind of involved with our Habitat for Humanity group. And the organizer was going to be out of town for the whole winter season, and so he asked me if I would plan and help organize the next build. And I said, of course, sure. How hard can it be? <laughs> I spent so much time organizing and working with the local chapter to find a date that worked and to do a training beforehand. We had a lot of new possible volunteers and I had shared it in the announcements and our church newsletter, and I think it even made it on the website, which almost 10 years ago was kind of a big deal to get anything on a church website. They all kind of look exactly the same. And so the Saturday of our first training, I got to church early, I put out the tables, I got the coffee made, and I waited. And I waited. And I waited. How many people do you think showed up? One. Zero. <laughs> I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. I can relate to the servant in Isaiah. But Isaiah reminds us that God is faithful. Eventually a group did come together, and I think there is still a group at that church doing habitat builds regularly. And one of the lessons I learned in that failure was that we can't do anything we're called to on our own. I had done all this planning and organizing, but I hadn't gotten people in church with me talking about it and getting excited about it. We are called into service, into fellowship, into relationships. We're called together in Jesus, and it's together 
that we're able to answer God's calling to us. In all the ways that God calls us as a church body, 1 Corinthians reminds us that God gives us what we need to respond. God enriches us, gives us the gifts, the strength to continue even when sometimes we fail, even when sometimes we feel like there's so much going on, so much need in our community that we're unsure of where to put our focus. God brings us together in this fellowship so that each of us, with all of our different gifts, can be God's servants in the world. Because we are called together. And even with all of this, it's still sometimes hard, right? Being God's servants, being God's light to the world isn't always easy or comfortable. Sharing our faith, witnessing to what God has done with our praise and worship, coming together as a church, can feel daunting. Sometimes we don't have or don't hear someone like John the Baptist pointing towards Jesus. Sometimes we don't follow Jesus. Sometimes we don't know how. Sometimes we don't have the courage or the trust of those two kind of ridiculous, super intense disciples to just start moving our feet in the direction that Jesus seems to be going. Sometimes being in relationship with the one who came to take away our sin can feel so big that we might find ourselves feeling unworthy of that abiding love, unable to take that first step. Sometimes we just feel like we don't have the necessary gifts, the necessary strength to lean into God's calling to us in the world. Sometimes we struggle to really believe that God is faithful. We're just too overwhelmed, too tired, too worried. Sometimes we just feel like we have labored in vain and we don't know what to do next. And for all of those moments, for all of those times when we struggle to feel God's call in our lives, for us as individuals or for us as the church, John the Baptist sees Jesus and declares to us, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He even says it twice so more of us can hear it. Here is the Lamb of God. Here is Jesus the Son of God, the one who goes to the cross to sanctify us, to make us holy, to dedicate us as God's servants in the world. Jesus dies to bring a light to the nations, and Jesus rises from the dead so that God's salvation can reach every end of the earth. Jesus turns to us and says, come and see, so that we might remain with him, so that we might abide with him in this relationship with God so that we can be God's servants in the world, called to care for those in need, to share Jesus' light, light with all, so that we do not lack in any spiritual gift, but are called into fellowship together, sharing our gifts together, so that we can testify to this relationship, to this abiding love that we receive in Jesus, to God calling each and every one of us, because we are called to be God's servants, we are called together as the church, sharing the witness of Jesus' love with the world. We are called into relationship with the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the Messiah, who found us, who abides with us, who turns to us and says, come and see. We are called. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.